Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Festive greetings, everyone. Welcome to Nine Bob Note. I am Paul. And I am Ken, jingling my bells with the best of them. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you, Ken. Yes, Merry Christmas Eve to all of you at home. <laughs> Paul, what have we got this time? Well, last year for Christmas, we did the 12 gays of Christmas, which you pointed out was not very inclusive. And obviously, <laughs> <laughs> and the, the beacon of tolerance was almost knocked off its perch. <laughs> But I thought we could do that along along the same theme, but open it up. So celebrating the 12 yays of Christmas. Yay! <laughs> Let's pick six each of people or things or whatever that we are celebrating this year. Well, <laughs> who are you going to kick us off with? I am going to kick us off, first of all, with Matt Kane. Nope. Educate <laughs> me. This is a, a guy who, this time last year, I knew nothing about. I'd never heard of him. He is an author. And my husband, Stuart, always, I say always, I'll find out tomorrow whether <laughs> <laughs> the tradition goes on. <laughs> but he, uh, he always gets me some books. He's very good at selecting books. And he, he bought this book called The Secret Life of Albert Entwistle, who about a, a sort of closeted old postman who's had this secret that he's gay all his life. And the story is just about him sort of coming to terms with his gayness in later life as he faces retirement. And uh, it's a really sweet book. And sort of since then, I have learned a little bit more about Matt Cain. He's written a couple of other books, including one called The Madonna of Bolton, he was the editor of Attitude magazine mm -hmm. for a while. And he's also been in heavily involved in quite a lot of gay rights campaigns and things like that. You see, he just seems like an all-round good egg. His books are brilliant. He's got a new one coming out in January, which is, I've got on pre-order and I can't wait. And also, he got married yesterday. So, a good year for him. Hurrah. Oh, well, somebody I've known, you've educated me. <laughs> My first yay of Christmas is King Charles. Ah. Now, this year we have lost Q after 2,000 years on the throne. She was, <laughs> uh, well, we were both quite upset by the loss of Queen Elizabeth II. We've got Queen, Queen Charles III. <laughs> yes, very, very well known for his gay rights. But I think so far he's doing a marvellous job as successor. He's brought a different dynamic to the role. For all the detractors out there, he is welcomed wherever he goes and he's a little bit more smiley and cheery and interactive with the public. And I just think for all the people that were saying, oh, no, I should skip, it should go straight to William, I think you're wrong. I think he's... Well, a, he should have had a crack at it. He's waited long yeah. enough. But also, he is speaking to the people in a way that the Queen never did. Mm. And I think it's just a nice, gentle evolution that will continue when William takes the throne. Oh, nice. So, yes. So, I'm... Um, I've, we've seen a different side to Charles this year. Yes. And I think it's to his uh, benefit, frankly. So he's my first his... yay. <laughs> yay, indeed. For my second one, I am going to select Kate Bush. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Again, 
bit of a strange one as one of those people who's not been uh, around for a while and then thanks to the netflix show stranger things mm. where the song running up that hill which i just had completely forgotten about was featured on the soundtrack of the series which was released this year and it was opened up to a whole new generation of fans our both of our kids have it on their youtube playlists when whenever they're listening to music and the song got to number one i believe it's the longest gap between a song being released and getting to number one or something as a quiz master i should know the answer to that it does sound plausible because it was 1978 running up that hill i think Mm. which makes it yeah 44 yeah 43 44 (laughs) years Uh, well it must have been handy in paying off the mortgage yeah Exactly, yeah. And uh, I think her music being opened up to lots of people who've never really listened to her before. And she's just one of those slightly eccentric, uh, a little bit bonkers people that it's nice to see doing well. So, yes, like all right. Yes. <laughs> Well, my second yay of Christmas is Jodie Whittaker. Oh. Yes. Uh, I've not been at all a fan of Jodie Whittaker's <laughs> era of Doctor Who, more because of the production team than her herself. I'm not a great fan of her as Doctor Who, but she has been the most marvellous ambassador for the mm. programme. When, frankly, the producer has done bugger all to promote the programme, she's been right there. Everywhere she goes, she's been the Doctor. And she's been really upbeat about it in interviews. She's, I mean, she could have been quite stung by it, frankly, and yeah. justifiably if she'd been, um, you know, wounded in public. I wouldn't have blamed her at all. But her last episode wasn't really her episode at all. She was only the Doctor for the last scene. <laughs> so... Um, I think I feel she's had a bit of a, a rough ride of things in that role, and I just think it should be recognised what it is that she's brought to us and what she's done. Even though I might not necessarily have been her biggest fan, recognising what she's done. Yeah, absolutely. As with everyone, once you are the Doctor, you'll always be the Doctor, and she really embodies that, doesn't she? Mm. Hurrah for her. My next one is a young gentleman by the name of Jake Daniels. The whiskey manufacturer. <laughs> yeah, he, Jack, Jack is his granddad. Uh, Jake Daniels is a professional footballer. He plays for Blackpool Football Club. And he was the first, the first in a while active professional footballer to come out as gay. Uh, which is early, oh, is that the one? Yes. Right. Yeah. So there's there's all kinds of rumours going around about Premier League footballers who might be uh, in relationships and things like that. But uh, he just issued a statement saying that he was gay and he's coming out. He got a huge amount of support and it went very well for him. But he he did have that uncertainty. Was, would it go well? Um, well, there's always yeah. that fear, isn't there? And obviously, there's the uh, the Justin Fashionu story, which obviously from the uh, for years and years mm. ago. And you'd like to think that things had changed since then, but he, he must have had that in the back of his mind. And I think he's only 19. So really, that's, that's a, yeah. yeah. It takes a great deal of courage to do that. But it is sad that in 2022, coming out is still a big deal in certain quarters. I mean, say an actor comes out. There'll be a ripple, and mm. uh, it's more a publicity stunt than anything else <laughs> these days. 
But for a footballer to do it, it's a very manly sport, isn't it? I mean, it's, yeah. um, it's quite tribal. Mm. So to come out as a pansy or whatever, you know, <laughs> and open yourself up to that potential barrage of testosterone, um, no, good on him. I, I'm, I'm very, very glad that it went the way it did because mm. it's, uh, yeah, that he must have been terrified. Yes, definitely. One thing I also liked about him was that he was one of the very few footballers who spoke out against the World Cup being held in Qatar. Mm. So a lot of people just sort of said, well, well, well there's nothing we can do about it. But he <laughs> he, uh, he did actually, I, I mean, you know, he, he plays for Blackpool. The chances of him being selected for England, I don't know if, the, you know, if it's in the pipeline, maybe in the future. But he still sort of spoke out about it and boycotted it in the, he didn't talk, you know, he didn't mm. talk about it. Uh, whereas other people quite happily jumped on the bandwagon and took all of the, they took all of the money that Qatar was throwing yeah. at them. Uh, <coughs> but as we both know, uh, as the chairman or president of FIFA has said, it's the best World Cup ever. Oh yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> Following the football as I do, um, <laughs> There've been more memorable ones. I think the Euros last year were more memorable than this World Cup, and neither of us follow it. <laughs> but yes, I am really pleased for that guy. So yes, a good choice. Thanks. My next yay is Bernard Cribbins. Oh, I couldn't <laughs> let the year pass. Now we lose celebrities all the time, and as time wears on for me and you. They're dropping off because we're getting older and so are they and they don't last forever. But Bernard Cribbins really, really hit home on the day mm. that he snuffed it because he was a massive part of our childhood and he's just one of those voices that's been on television. Whenever <laughs> he comes on, you immediately feel comforted. Yeah. He's always been into children's entertainment without being kiddies TV. He's just seemed to be... Somebody that uh, is in stuff that children will enjoy. I mean, Jack and Ori is the obvious one, but then there's... Have you, you've seen the Railway Children film, yes, haven't you? Yeah. And, of course, he was in Doctor Who, but Doctor Who actually was the least of his roles. He was mm. in so many things. It just permeated the whole of, <laughs> of the past 40, 50, 60 years. He's been very active. And I think his last acting role was in Doctor Who. I'd be surprised mm. if there's anything after that. He was 94, was he 93? 93, yeah. I think. But goodness me, that was a black day, purely because my childhood is peppered with memories of Bernard Crane's yeah. in stuff. So yes, wonderful, wonderful entertainer. And he just he just also just seemed like a lovely man as well. Yeah. You, you know, nobody had a bad word to say about him. A very good choice for very sad reasons. Possibly the opposite end of the spectrum is a guy called Kit Connor. Nope. Um, nope. <laughs> this is why... And we is why educate, we entertain up. and inform. Exactly, yes. yes. So mo a lot of people will recognise the name Kit Connor because he was one of the leads in the Heartstopper TV series. Oh, yes, yes. Kit Connor played in the series, played a guy who was struggling to come to terms with the fact that he might be bisexual. Following the broadcast of the series, and again, he is only young. I think he's 18 or 19. He was then hounded constantly on social media what are you? Are you are you gay? Are you bisexual in real life? You know what what um, what is it? And he said, "I don't want to talk about that side of my life publicly." And he was hounded off social media. 
then had to come back on social media to come out as bisexual just to stop people <coughs> hounding him. And the way that it was handled was by, by the media, by social media, was very, very badly, especially when we look at the amount of stories there are about people being bullied. But he handled it very well. He just said, right, yep, you win. I'm bisexual. Thanks for forcing me to come out. And then he... He's disappeared, but he he was brilliant in Heartstopper. I think he's got a great career ahead of him. And I think he just deserves a little bit of credit just because no one should be in that position, especially not a 18 or 19 year old boy. Mm. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it is true. Nobody should be backed into a corner where the sexuality is concerned. It's As we've talked about before, there's no other job that you would go to where you're asked, where you uh, get your sexual rocks off. It's just not, it wouldn't be on any job. Well, I say it wouldn't be on any job form. It is. It bloody well is. You know, the number of times, what's your, what's your orientation? Does it matter? <laughs> yeah, why? My next yay is actually quite a bizarre one, which I've <laughs> stunned myself with, but I've been trying to go through all the people in the year who have stood out to me. It's Johnny Depp. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> um, this is not him per se, but more the questions that he has raised about society as a wider whole. So it's not specifically him. But this year we've had that whole Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial regarding domestic abuse. Mm. Now, I'm not going to come down entirely on either side, although I do have, uh, you can guess. <laughs> but it, it's symptomatic of the way that society is that immediately, if there are two sides in a case, one is automatically believed and the other one has to fight to prove that they are innocent. And even when they are proved innocent, they're still not innocent. And now that's across the board. Mm. So Johnny, I'm just using Johnny Depp as, as an example, but it has opened up the wider debate of... The evidence here is overwhelming that things are not black and white. And thankfully, it has opened up. Because I, I do feel that society is going down a bit of a cul-de-sac, that <laughs> if it doesn't do something quickly, we're not going to get out of it, where you're guilty by media trial yeah. rather than actual trial. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just it's not so much him per se. I'm not uh, putting him on a dais per se, but I just think that it opened up a debate that needed to be had. Yeah, that is a, it is an interesting one because, as you say, there were there were, and again, we've only seen what the media wants mm. us to see, but there were incidents on both sides mm. of that particular thing. But yeah, as you say, Johnny Depp has not been well. He he has no career anymore. Sure, I don't think he, uh, and I'm sure he will get mm. back, but he is going to struggle to do it because of what's been said about him and yeah, mud sticks. Unfortunately, mm. yes, even though he was the one that was um, came off better in the argument. I won't say that anybody particularly <laughs> won, but uh, the, he was the one that came off better, and yet he's still the one that got his film contact mm. terminated, and she didn't. But it just opened up the debate about double standards, which I think badly needs to be had. Yes, I'm sure it's something that we'll be revisiting as <laughs> My fifth yay is purely just because he has had a great year and I think he's great. It's Harry Styles. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, most people know he was found on the X Factor and part of One Direction. And 
then he's gone solo and he's had a new album out this year which i think is really really good he's he's very sort of flamboyant and extravagant mm. in his uh, his performances some of his music videos are really quite bizarre but yeah he's he's been on a world tour we we were trying to take casey for her birthday because she's also a massive harry styles fan we just couldn't get tickets but also He's got a burgeoning acting career as well. So. Yeah, he's in, is he not in some film or other about the policeman who? Uh, yes. who's that's a gay film, isn't it? Or he, it's uh, yes, yeah, it is. It's uh, it's called My Policeman, and including the title. <laughs> yeah, but I, actually, a really, really, I, I read the book, and the book's really good. But the the film's really nice story of a policeman <laughs> and it's it's obviously in the days where before decriminalization of homosexuality and obviously as a policeman as well he uh, mm. there, was, there was just no no way that you could be and it's a, it's a story about his relationship with his wife and also with another friend of theirs it's a really really good book and a really good film and i think harry styles just got that sort of charm about mm. him and it just comes across in the uh in the film he's got that sort of mystique mm. he's but yeah he's been it's been a great year for him and hopefully onwards and upwards for mr styles yes because he has always been the sort of the uh the boy band pop thing and mm. so people don't take him very seriously but as they do mature uh, I do think that a lot of them have discovered, the, the talented ones have actually discovered that, or the public have discovered, there's a little bit more to them than this mm. engineered thing. Yes. Yeah, he's managed to, to break free from that and show everyone what he's made of. My fifth yay is Richard E. Grant. Oh. Now, we went to see him in his own one-man show earlier this year. Now, I've always been a fan. I've just loved whatever he's been in. He's just been, he's one of those very, very, not flamboyant, but he's certainly expressive as an actor, mm. and, and you don't, you're not going to miss him on screen. <laughs> going all the way back to Withnail and I, that was <laughs> the big one for him. But we went to see his stage show, and he lost his wife quite publicly. It, um, it was publicly heartbroken and did not hide his grief. Yeah. Generally speaking, this great outpouring of grief and, oh, not so much woe is me, but sort of making an industry of the death of a spouse, I generally don't like. But in his case, it was clearly so heartfelt that it was just lost. Yeah. And it's on the back of that, it's actually helped a lot of other people come to terms with because they realise that actually it's not all Lorraine Kelly and talking <laughs> about, you know, talking about it on Loose Women, their book deal. There's actually a human being behind this one. So he was persuaded to do a, a show which was all about his life with his wife oh. and took it in his own career and how she'd helped it along and how she'd supported him. And you just get a measure of somebody else's grief, which you don't often do. You can read about it and it's like, oh, it's terribly sad, yes. But it was put across in such a way to, and, and he, he embraced his own history. He came on as with nail. <laughs> <laughs> in the coat and everything. And so this year I've just looked a little bit more into his life and what he's been doing and how he's trying to uh, help things along in certain directions and just put his life back together. But I've been really quite impressed with his story and it takes a lot to impress me these days. Mm -hmm. mm. Yes. My sixth and final one kind of loops back to one of your earlier ones, but I couldn't let the year end without mentioning Her Madge, the Queen. Cute. 
obviously we're not yaying that she's no longer with us. <laughs> it's too soon for that. But uh, obviously at the start of the year, having just lost her husband, she had to get ready for the Platinum Jubilee celebrations. Or Platy Jubes. Platy Jubes, <laughs> yes, apparently. <laughs> And I think it has become clear that she was probably very seriously, Mm. probably for most of the year, I would have thought. And she carried on. She was working right up until the day before she died. Yeah. Second longest reigning monarch in world history. Yes. And and certainly our longest reigning uh, monarch. We, I mean, we've spoken at length about about her, Mm. but it's it's only right that uh, she be included in our 12 years of Christmas because of her unending service to the country and and to us. Yes, an excellent choice to finish on. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to beg forgiveness for my final <laughs> choice <laughs> because it's quite a personal one. Okay. It's Dawn, my partner. Oh. I've so well, I've, I've had <laughs> I have got. I have always had the most wonderful life. I've been very, very lucky. And I've always said that of all the people that I know, I'm the least qualified to complain about anything. <laughs> Even the worst things that have happened to me have been nothing compared with some of the people around me. But I have spent quite a long period alone. And quite out of the blue this year, I've met somebody and I've had six or seven wonderful months with her and it's completely transformed my outlook on life. So she is a wonderful woman and I hope it goes on a long time. And if it doesn't, well, I'm still grateful for the time that I've had with her, but she has been an absolute beacon this year. So that's my final thankful bit for Christmas. Oh, what's a lovely note to end on. I would like to echo, uh, having met Dawn a number of times, that she is very lovely. <laughs> Glad you think so, yes. <laughs> and it's very nice to see you both so happy. So, hurrah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the 12 years of Christmas. We've, we flew through them in under an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so, all credit to us for that. We'll sign off. We will be back next week next with week. our New Year's resolutions. Wow. The new year is almost upon us. So, uh, in the meantime, have a Merry Christmas, everyone. Enjoy the festivities and be good. For goodness sake. (laughs) Nine Bob Note featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman. And the programme was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.